the observant traveler, who makes his way along the southern coast of Maine near York Beach, notices far off the shore a lighthouse rising high into the sky. This tall, slender beacon seems to come sheer out of the ocean, but a keen eye can clearly see a narrow ledge at the base. On this ledge, which the surf submerges in the severe winter storms, one of the most harrowing tragedies of New England maritime history was located more than 200 years ago. On the 25th of September, 1710, Captain John Dean sailed from London on his ship, the Nottingham Galley. After loading stores in Ireland, he began the long journey to America. Prevailing weather so hindered his progress that for over 80 days he did not sight land. Then thick weather shut in. Another two weeks went by before the ship reached a point near Boone Island, where the lighthouse stands today. Without warning, the Nottingham Galley crashed against the ragged ledges and quickly went to pieces. Although the night was dark, all the crew landed safely. When morning came, they saw that they were far from the mainland. In spite of their unhappy situation, Captain Dean tells us in his original narrative, which he recommends to the serious perusal of all, but especially seafaring men, that they were joyful to be alive and thanked Providence for their deliverance. Several miles to the southeast, they could see vessels entering and leaving Portsmouth Harbor, but there was no response to the shipwrecked men's frantic signals. A tent made from a torn remnant of the sail was their only shelter. Through it, the bitter winds of late December whistled and blew, swirling the snow across the icy ledges. Fire, they had none, nor were they able to kindle one in all the time they were forced to spend on the ledge. Food was scarce, three cheeses and some beef bones that had washed ashore, and this little supply was soon gone. The mariners made plans to leave the desolate rock, since the only chance of being rescued was a slight possibility of a sailing vessel's coming within hailing distance. So, the hungry men built a crude boat, only to have the pounding surf break it before it had hardly been launched. A short time later, three sailing vessels passed the island on their way down the coast, but there was no response to the sailors' frantic attempts to attract attention. In spite of the handicap of frostbitten feet, a Swedish sailor directed the building of a small raft. On it, they stepped a mast and hoisted a sail made of two canvas hammocks. The Swede and another sailor launched the craft into the breakers, which immediately overturned the raft. The two sailors barely escaped with their lives. Again, the determined Scandinavian set out, this time with another sailor, the first man having been weakened by immersion. Off toward the mainland, the raft floated, with the two men waving their farewells to the hopeful crew. But misfortune struck. For later in the week, the body of the sailor was found frozen on the mainland. The Swede was never seen again. Let Captain Dean continue the story. About the latter end of December, the carpenter, a fat man, naturally of a dull, heavy, phlegmatic constitution, 
and aged about 47, always very ill from his first coming on shore. Soon grew speechless, though retaining his senses. Dying that night, his body remained in the tent till morning, when the master, as usual, going out in quest of provisions, ordered the people to remove the corpse to some distance. The marooned men's hunger became intense. Starving, they discussed means of preserving their existence. Inevitably, the body of the dead carpenter engaged their attention. At last, a vote was taken, and a majority was for eating the dead body. Did the captain tell the truth when he wrote that he, at first, would have no part in it? and only yielded when he found himself overruled. In any event, the carpenter's remains were at once cut up. <laughs> 